0: Welcome to 2 d pokies Under the Influence. My name is Pete Berthod, and my co-host is Robbie Dowling. Virginia Tech lost to Clemson on Saturday night. I feel a little foolish about my predictions. <laughs> Robbie, give us a cheers. So
1: my cheers is obviously going to be to Blacksburg and our fan base, because uh, I'm sure everybody is well aware of this, but... Virginia Tech represented like hell in a college game day whether it would be the size of the fan base that showed up the number of signs was outrageous you couldn't even read them all because they were every sign was overlapping with another one uh, the game so many good ones too <laughs> I know so many fun ones and they were all none of them were there was a lot of like headsy ones I guess like kind of smart intellectual like jokes that were pretty funny and I uh, appreciated that. We had uh, you know, the paratrooper coming in and flying into the stadium, the fireworks, the fan base, the decibel level. I can't say enough about how proud I am to be a Virginia Tech fan, despite the loss, after seeing how well we represented things. We had the Iowa segment, which was unbelievable in yeah, terms the of... the Iowa
0: segment on game day was really good. It's probably on YouTube if you didn't get a chance to see it about the fans waving to the hospital. Highly recommend that.
1: Yeah, so overall, just cheers to the fan base and everybody, the school, the administration, everybody did a great job with it. So just really proud to be a Hokey.
0: Cheers, man. The Enter Sandman entrance typically uh, is good, and this one was the best that I've ever seen. And I was there for Miami last year, which was really good. Obviously saw my fair share when I was at school and since then. But this one, it goes down as the best one for me. It was just absolutely incredible. It, it was fantastic. And then the the signs in the stadium to do the Let's Go Hokies with the Virginia too, and two and all, all the crowd did that together, that was really neat. And someone was talking about that in terms of the recruits that we had there because there was a lot of recruits there and what they saw in that night compared to their visits to maybe Pitt or UNC or Duke. And it's just, it's not even a comparison. Now, clearly, if they go to a Clemson visit, it's going to rival it pretty well. But that night, that setting, I think we impressed a lot of guys, and, and Fuente kind of said as much afterwards.
1: And we were loud, even into, I watched the game again today, into the fourth quarter when we're down by three touchdowns. And that stadium coming through the TV set was still loud. I mean, the fans stuck it out and wanted to be a part of it, even though at that point we didn't have a shot at winning and there, it just wasn't there, but we were still loud and still made it a great atmosphere. And it was just, it was so cool.
0: I was impressed with how long they stayed. Now we did lose a little bit of that energy and that's hard not to do when you start the game, the way that we did. And we'll just jump into the recap because we covered a lot of the stuff I wanted to talk about in the news segment anyway. And that's that we went three and out on our first three drives in the game. They scored 10 points on their first two drives. And then Braden Gall put it like this on uh, the Cover 2 podcast that they just kind of sat on us. And I completely agree with that. But they also like, it was when like you have an older brother or an older cousin and they sit on you, but then they also take your hands and start slapping you with your own hands, and they say, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> that's what Clemson did to us. Because we were hitting ourselves with a variety of mistakes as well. So that's how I would I would say. They sat on us, and they did the why are you hitting yourself thing. They scored a backbreaking TD right before the half. We almost were able to cut the lead a little bit with a field goal, but of course we missed right before the half, which killed a little bit of any momentum we might have had going. They did all the... VT Hall of Fame stuff, or they had all the alumni. You know, Bruce was there, Mike Vick. They all came out on the field. Uh, that was halftime, right? Yeah, that was uh, at halftime. That was. It was awesome. pretty
1: cool. It was. It was really. It was nice. I, I like that. Vick got a nice round of applause because that was one of the things that they called out. So it was good.
0: Yeah, and that I felt like gave the crowd a little bit of energy. That whole that whole thing, and we come out in the second half. We get a three and out on Clemson. We get the ball. We get five yards on first down. We're gonna run it again on them in the second down with with Trayvon again, and he puts it on the ground. And they got the ball, took it right down the field. Now it's what that was twenty four to three. Yeah. After, at that point because it was seventeen to three at the half. That yep. made it twenty four to three. Yep. And it was it was over. And we were given the slightest glimmer of false hope by the return by Stroman, and we finally got in the end zone with Savoy. But then the pick six later to uh, that bounced off the hands of Murphy. His helmet. Uh, Dorian O'Daniel <laughs> takes it into the end zone. Just completely killer. Uh, it And that was the last points that Clemson scored. They were up 31-10 to 10 at that point. We ended up losing after scoring a garbage-time touchdown. Josh finished with that nice throw to Savoy for the game-ending TD. Um, but it finished 31 to 17 and that looks a little bit better than it actually was. I, I think
1: it was not that close of a game. So we, we scored and you and I joked around about this. You may have a different thought than I did. Uh, we scored three points. So yes, <laughs> we did Strowman, Yes. Yeah, Strowman had a I'll great, give
0: us, I'll, I'll give us, how about like eight? Yeah. <laughs> Strowman had
1: a great run, which quite frankly, we caught them off guard because Stroman, Basically, put his life on the line with how big, with how big Clemson is and how physical they are, and he just went full speed at that ball, which he shouldn't. Like, I would not recommend anybody to ever do (laughs) what he did. And hat tip to him. And then, you know, our other seven points were in garbage time. So in my mind, I, I honestly felt like I came away from this game feeling like who scored one field goal. But well, if case, you want to go
0: by one field goal on an actual sustained drive, like three points was all we got on a sustained drive against their first string defense. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's how many points we scored against their their first stringers. And when did in the first having a one play drive?
1: Yeah, I mean in the first quarter, and then ten minutes following in the second quarter. What was your favorite part of us crossing the fifty yard line? Because we didn't. <laughs> so and that that was bad. It, it just. It, I loved the game I loved the atmosphere I loved everything about it I just feel like um, you know they had a game plan uh, on defense and we had no answer to it whatsoever and I think there's a, a few different reasons we can get into it now of, of why that was but it was um, it was it was tough to watch us on, on offense but I think the defense played magnificent I think they played great. Despite yeah, you know, the number of points did. they put up, I thought they put a lot of effort into the game.
0: The offense was just so conservative to start, and it never really got better. And putting our defense in such bad situations, not just the offense, but we had the poor punt initially. Uh, for whatever reason, Fuente decided to order the rugby-style punt, which Bradburn hadn't done all year. That didn't put a the good field position for the uh for the defense and then we had the turnovers the really quick drives I mean the fact that they played so well in the second half and not that Clemson was being super aggressive but they had been on the field a lot and put in bad situations and they just kept playing hard and I, aside from the big bust to Feaster on that 60 yarder where he was just wide open and you know I, I still don't know why he was that wide open they only gave up 332 yards they sacked Bryant three times they held Clemson to 70, 72 yards in the second half. I know Bryant ran for ninety four yards, and he was he was the problem for us all night long. But they really, I was impressed. I came away impressed with the defense. It was really just the offense couldn't do anything.
1: Yeah, I think our lack of depth really showed up. What we all lack of depth
0: and-, and lack of playmakers. Yeah, offensively.
1: Yeah. That's right. And, you know, our guys are undersized. They're not big. We, our wide receiving core, we, it's not deep enough. And it really showed up. Uh, I, I walked away from the game after rewatching it, equally as impressed with what Clemson was able to put on the field as disappointed with what we were able to put on the field with offense, I guess, the best way. So everybody kind of, you know, we always want to make these statements about whether. Uh, You know, the offense sucked or their defense was good. I think it was a mix of both, quite frankly. I think they are extremely good team. Uh, uh, And I think our offense is thin right now and we have some work to do. And at times Josh Jackson played like a freshman. You know, I think one of his passes um, that was intercepted was on Murphy because that pass was spot on. It was right where it was supposed to be. It hit him in and, the hands, yeah. Yeah, it hit him right in the hands. And then the other one, I think, was on Josh Jackson. You know, he, he didn't... He was The guy did make a good play
0: on that ball. Oh, but yeah. Even if you want to say both of them weren't Josh Jackson's... Ball, there was two other balls that bounced off to Clemson's defensive back's hands. That could have been two more interceptions.
1: Yeah, one was at the five-yard line. It was almost the... <laughs> it was... We were... That was almost the... Could have been a touchdown if we, we had been a little bit more careful. So, I agree. He... But that's to be expected when you play defense and that that is that good.
0: There were guys open, like that one play to Savoy where he was like standing there at least. And then there was another play, I think, to Cunningham. There's at least two plays where guys are like waving their arms at him and he he never looked over. You know, he went to the read, which, you know, you make your progressions. And if the first guy you think is open, you throw. But like, gosh, when there's a guy open and he looks like he has a full field in front of him to score a touchdown and you don't throw it. People were angry in the stands after that one. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, he I had
1: don't... he had blinders on. I mean, he's a young kid, and he's playing against a top-notch defensive line that was pressuring in many different looks. They were they were yeah. the the looks that they gave were all over the place. They were blitzing from different areas. Brett Venables deserves a huge you know a huge a lot of credit for that game plan because he was giving us fits in a lot of different ways and uh you you spring that on a freshman quarterback and you know what you're going to kind of get on the other side of it
0: yeah and one thing that fuente was saying on tech Talk live is that the way they were kind of hanging back just a little early on kind of threw them um and we were doing all those short passes and screens and stuff and they were just shutting everything down like we couldn't get anything to work like that, because we did that last year. You noted that before, that in last year's game against Clemson, there was a lot of short passes and clearly a lot of runs by Gerard Evans too. And Josh, he's not built like Gerard to just pound the ball and up the middle over and over again like we went to in that game last year. And the screen game was just shut down early, and it screwed up everything. And we're still trying it. I mean, the fourth and three, uh, I just – with when Josh flared that one out and I think it was Savoy that caught it he lost five yards on a fourth and three like jiminy Christmas there that one and then we had the fake field goal and I'm just I'm going through all, like all like the little I have like mistakes that were made like listed and man some of the that 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 field goal fake was questionable. And like always, if it works, then and we score a touchdown or something, someone squirts through. Then, hey, great play! But that was not fourth and twelve with a fake field goal on a pitch against this athletic defense. That's just not going to work.
1: Well, it's not going to work, and uh, it comes back to a point that I, I I said the other day was the number one goal for Hokies fans in this game above all else like there was a snowball's chance in hell that we could have won this and seeing how talented they were i don't think okay, there was okay let's even... not go
0: snowball's chance in hell I, there was we we didn't play well at all i i i i maintain that that we could have won but it was going to be very hard
1: if we did it would have been on the back of the defense though that was yes. it, that was it we that when the screen passes and everything were they were strategically shut down because they knew that we didn't have a lot on the deep threat um, and they had Cam Phillips in bracket coverage the the whole game, so they've already eliminated one of our key threats to kind of opening up the, the deep ball in in the game. And then they just shut down the, the screen pass and everything, they were just you know out physical to us, out schemed us on, on that front. So, you know, and if then we did, lost the
0: turnover battle, besides, and then and so three, it, yeah, if, you get if the if 3 combine turnovers. That, like, you can't, we said. We did a Facebook Live segment. We actually did two because uh, we did our uh, our beer break on the second one because we were having some connectivity issues, as you as you uh, could imagine, that would be the case at Tontots Wi Fi. But we talked about how you can't lose the turnover battle and win this game. You you can maybe tie, but you really need to win it. Like we needed to at least have one extra turnover than than them. You know, go our way and instead it was three to one the other way and you're just not going to be Clemson if you lose the turnover battle you are just not not this year not last year and probably not for a while
1: yeah how many mistakes do you think Clemson actually had during that game because I probably counted one missed field goal and one turnover other than that I think they came out and they executed basically a flawless game plan for what they were trying to do and you know, for for the score to even be what it was, it's a testament to our guys playing to the very end. Because I think they, they came play. out and played a great game plan, and they executed on it well.
0: Yeah, they did play hard and to the end, and I do, I do give them credit for that. But this this, like you were saying, it just the difference in the talent. <clears throat> Once you see it, it's just so much more dramatic. When you when you one go to the game and then rewatch it, you're like, holy crap, how could I have picked us against this team? Uh and and the and the lack of the playmakers on offense just really showed up. And we're gonna have to figure out, you know, we've got Cam and Savoy, they're players, Trev- Trevon McMillan, despite the fumble, and I know he had to put his butt on the bench after that. You know, that's what is gonna do. But Fuente even said, like, he's gonna play. Like they we need him. He's one of the few really dynamic playmakers we have, and McLeese can play. But who else? Like C.J. Carroll and Coleman Fox, like those guys, they do a nice job. They do what they can do with the talent that they were given. And Coleman has come in late in games against second-teamers and played admirably, and C.J. Carroll had a nice game. But they're limited, you know, to say the least. They are limited players, and I was worried they were going to get snapped in half at times.
1: Yeah, they're not big enough to be playing with the likes of some of the people on that Clemson defense. Like I was legitimately frightened that they were going to get severely hurt (laughs) during a couple of those plays, and it's nothing against them, but guess what? I'm I'm not a running back either. Guess I'm not you know a wide receiver. I could never do something like that because the way God built me, and they are not the answer. That's not what we need. We need a few more years of recruiting and getting some playmakers in to have a shot against a team that looks like that. There was one clip where Dabo's on the sideline and he pulled the starters for... And I think he was next to Dexter. And there's like one specific clip and you look at the size of those human beings... And they look like Alabama players. Like that is what Clemson has yeah. been doing. They were massive, and Their they're on the sideline. Was so
0: big, man! Like so big. Everyone across the front four. When the backups came in, they were huge. Like it was just, it was unbelievable. Honestly, the athletes and the way those guys. Number seven, Austin Bryant, was covering everything. Whether it be the fake, whether it be an interception, whether it be tackles in the backfield, that guy was all over the place. Dexter Lawrence incredible Cleland Farrell so much was made of him before the game and how he was from Richmond and someone cussed him out on our coaching staff they're all just so big and so good Uh, you know losing Caleb Caleb Farley hurt us you know that was someone that could have been a playmaker yeah he was a true freshman anyway there was no peoples there was no James Clark in this game due to injury Uh, they could have helped I think but you're like you said we need a couple more years to keep getting these guys that can, that can play. I mean, we lost Bucky and Isaiah and they, they could have helped dearly in this game. Gerard could have helped a lot in this game. If we had all three of those guys, this is a completely different game, Yep. but we didn't. And we're, we're lacking some playmakers right now on offense.
1: Yeah. And we got to, we got to rebuild. We got to recruit. And, um, now luckily, hopefully this game and the atmosphere went, went a ways to help us recruit.
0: That's, that's the way Fuente made it sound. That's for sure. And I'm not happy with how we played. Far from our best game. Could have been more aggressive early. And and with the way they were kind of sitting back on us, this is my last point. I just felt like if we had just made a couple more just just try something downfield. Like try to get Cam loose downfield, first play of the game. You know, just something and you we know Fuente's not gonna do that. And he they the coaches clearly felt this was the best game plan. And it just sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's it. When we got back after the game, so we, we parted ways, uh, you and I. You, I wouldn't say like wanted to go home, but you kind of had to go home after the game. Me and you were drinking wild turkey in the stands the entire time. And we well, were cheersing. both, yeah, cheersing, doing whatever we could to help us win. Um, and uh, you had a lot more than I did before the game. So I think after the game, you just you know, put yourself in an Uber and took yourself home. That's I right. stayed out with uh, Joe and we, we went to the underground and had a good time. And we were with Billy Berlin, better known as Bill Dozer. And he and I decided drunkenly to record a little something. I might plop in a cut up of that in here just some, some of the best of, because it's, it's not great. <laughs> Let's <laughs> say that, but it's a little silly. So I might drop that in here just to show you the dichotomy between the thoughts after the game and what we just talked about with, the, with a couple more days to digest. Because after the game, I think both you and I were just pissed off and bumming. And so I'll play that for you. Um, if I decide I'm going to cut it up, I'll play that for you guys now. Oh, uh, this is where they they got the bikes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, oh, no, no, I know this song. Like oh. back when like compact discs were like re- you like recording your own stuff on computers. Oh, I really put this on. Nine wire? <laughs> yeah, I just... And I was so white.
0: This is Pete Berthaud. I'm here with Bill Dozer. We've uh, we got a house full of Hokie fans that have been at the game and at the bars after the game. And we all had a good time tonight. I would say that what? was the case. The fingers game. Yes, we had a good time. We did a lot of fingers game on top of... The- that sounds, sounds bad. <laughs> that sounds bad. Bill, <laughs> yeah. as the, um, the video aficionado of Hooky Nation. You've made a lot of videos. How many highlights could you say you could pull from tonight's game in
2: particular? My gut instinct is to say not many, but uh, given the past years, like kind of towards the end of the Beamer era, I was able to pull a lot of highlights That's out of that. That's true. You I can totally find the silver lining. There were
0: many Turkey 101 airplane bottles in the game, as well as some Jim Beam Yes, there were. You know what? Beam goes down easier to me. I do enjoy Turkey 101 because that's just what tech Mm -hmm. fans do. We do the wild turkey. But beam, easier to shoot. Yeah. I felt like there was a lot of burn
2: in the wild turkey. There's so much And it was (laughs) a little unexpected. As the game ended, I wanted to die. I said after the game, do we go downtown or do we just climb
0: up on top of Burris and jump off?
2: It kind of gave me flashbacks to the JMU game.
0: I was at a wedding that day. Everyone there was Hokies. We're in the receiving line, and I said to the groom, I can't believe we lost today, man. He was like, we lost? And I, like, I broke the news that we lost to JMU to him.
2: Stop it. During that game, I kept changing my outfit, that JMU game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it kept progressing like, to more, like, more and more extremities. Uh, by the end, I was actually wearing, I was on the track team. I had a speed suit, just full VT spandex on. <laughs> the question
0: now is, where do we go from here?
2: I felt like we were just kind of outmatched and outcoached. If you look back to when we played Clemson in the ACC title game, when we went for that fake punt, you know, yes. like the... Yeah, like the Well-timed. Yeah, if that had failed, what would we have looked like? We would have looked like we were today. Like right. that was, yeah, that's that point. one worked out. So if it had worked out today during the game, we would have been like, oh, that's what we needed
0: to yeah. spark. I just feel like today we were trying We were out chasing new it. Things. You never chase the money. You're always one behind on the roulette table. You're always one behind on the crafts table. That's what we were tonight we are always one bet behind we could never just be like this is the
2: perfect time for this and there were definitely moments in the game where i was like okay if you know a few plays ago something had happened could you imagine what it'd be like right now like we're only down a score or a couple touchdowns like we're back in this it just never felt like we were in control and we were gonna get there. we were always just so far
0: behind i moped out of that game the charlie brown like slumped shoulders down the (laughs) concourse until i walked out walked all the way what I thought was going to be Tots, but then I met you guys at Underground, and it was lit. Joe bought a round of Fireball Shots. We did so many chugging of beers with the uh, finger. We, you put your finger on the on the tip of the beer. Yeah, Everyone yeah, says a number.
2: Yeah. Wait, oh, we need the song. All Can right, we Joe, get another ready? female over here real fast? We just I like to drink with song. Joe because
1: Joe likes to drink. And when I drink with Joe, he
0: finishes an 8, hey, 7, 6 five four he's three, Joe is drinking two. right oh, now still drinking.
2: and honestly I just felt like when I heard the song like I had to finish my drink it was
0: just inspiration I, I just want to know what you think about the rest of the season because this is a tough spot we got BC at night next week which I'm already
2: terrified of seems like Boston College we'll move the ball on them we're gonna get some points up and the defense is going to do their job so I actually feel good about the rest of our coastal games it's just if we were to get back to the ACC title game I just I, don't know. I feel like a team like that we just just
0: aren't ready for them. Well, for them. like I said, every time we try to get one foot in front of the other, it just...
2: Well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if during the season we had a game like Syracuse last year. Like, there could be a team that just, we aren't ready for. Her, we just aren't fired up for. I kind of feel like, like
0: that was this game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, I felt like they, like, watching Clemson, they sh- like, we, it, we, they were beatable. Like, we could have done it, but we didn't. And I just, I don't know, I want to say it was just a talent thing, or I
0: don't know. We still do have a decent shot to win the coastal division there's yes. no there's no yeah. doubt that we are going to be right at the top of that crop and when it mm-hmm. comes to miami and georgia right. tech
2: i look at the coastal i'm like okay unc's totally beat up destroyed Sorry, duke but. looks decent <laughs> but beatable miami will be a challenge because it's be on the road again. but i can still see us winning those games i just we could have we beaten just, them
0: that's what's so exactly angry is that i know that we could have beaten this team will.
1: Did not play up to our potential, I
0: feel like. Our freshman quarterback, he played like a freshman quarterback tonight. He did. People don't remember Brian Randall when he started his career back in 2002 when I was in school. There were a lot of awful plays just like that, and he got better and better and better. Josh will learn from this. He will get better, but he he struggled tonight, and it's its not a surprise. they are They're the best defense in the country, essentially, so.
2: At least we know Clemson knows how to spell Clemson.
0: <laughs> they do spell <laughs> Clemson a lot in their cheer. Yes, things I got asked, quiet towards the end. You I was can like, very how, easily. When
1: do that. you guys spell this? They're like only when we score, and then they started getting the interceptions and everything. And they were like Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. I'm like, you guys are liars.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Joe, for your Thanks, peanut Joe. gallery Joey. back there.
2: I like to drink. My <laughs> I'm
1: good. I'm I'm ready to move on and you know get. Put it past us. It's, it's, um, it's in the past, and now let's move on to the rest of the ACC play. What are you drinking right now? I am having the Pumpkin Hunter. Uh, it's an ale brewed with pumpkin and spices, which I think would be just kind of self-explanatory, but they decided to put it on the bottle anyway. Uh, Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, which we way back in the day, I think we had the eight point on. Like during one of the first couple episodes that we um, did, yeah, that we we ended up uh, or we recorded back in the day. It's a, a local brewery uh, from Lexington, Virginia. It's actually pretty good, and uh, it's not it's not too pumpkiny. It's got uh, just enough spice in there to kind of cut cut the pumpkin up a little bit, and I I actually like it a lot. I'm not a huge fan of Devil's Backbone beers uh i like their they have a 16 point double ipa that just came out that i like i don't like the eight point whatsoever um but this is actually really really good i would um i have a yeah, six pack to that label
0: towards me all right is you want really me to easy. spin that around yeah let uh, me take a look at that yeah right. so uh i like it i'm drinking the anderson valley fall hornin anderson Valley's from boonville california and uh this one's really good and Anderson Valley makes some really good beers. I like their winter solstice a lot I think I've had that one several times uh, but this fall hornin is quite tasty got the the bear on the in the lake with the antlers on the uh, the front of the can It's very good uh not too pumpkiny or syrupy some of the, some of the pumpkin beers can be that way and uh, this one's good I would recommend it the Anderson Valley fall Hornin'. Let's get into Boston College. I don't really want to, but we have to. Um, but I, I, I will say, talking about Clemson has already made me feel better. They always say, you know what? The therapists always say, you know, you got to talk it out sometimes. And that's, yep. what, that's what we do. <laughs> I think we did that. We, we talked it out, and now I'm ready to leave it in the past. BC, and when we look into this game, I think it'll make people feel a little bit better. Going to Chestnut Hill at night next Saturday, not ideal, not what we want to do, but... They're not good, and that's (laughs) that's good for us. We need a win going into the bye week after this Clemson game.
1: Yeah, they're not good, but they do have Adazio. This guy, I I mean, he's I I, I'm surprised Adazio hasn't been fired yet. But you know, at this point, uh, I love him so much that he's just he's the lovable loser for me. At this point, I think I
0: think they've learned. That seven and five, seven and six, eight and six, whatever, that's about where they're coming through. And they've made mistakes in the past. They had that guy who took them to two straight ACC title games. Was it like Jadakowski or something? Yeah, I think that's right. And he interviewed with the Jets. And as soon as he did that, they fired him. Wasn't that the case? It was something like bizarro like that. Yeah, I think you have to. And it was a huge mistake because they were on the rise. And now Adazio looked like he had them going. But now it looks like they you know, they're you wanna talk about like we have to recruit better. Boston College, it's so hard to recruit up there. Like they're just not in good territory. And seven and six like they went last year, that was good for them. Remember how terrible their offense was? Yeah. It's hard to believe they went seven and six.
1: Yeah, and they, they just, did get better. They should just put Adazio as like their defensive coordinator and then hire like well, they should do it Virginia, what Virginia Tech did, basically.
0: <laughs> it's like Well, yeah, Adazio, I, I think, wasn't he um, an O-line guy? Mm-hmm. And whoever they hired to replace Don Brown, I'm, I can't pull their uh, defensive coordinator off the top of my head, but Don Brown it's clearly at Michigan now, excellent, was awesome at Boston College. They were, like, number one in defense for two straight years. But the guy who's been replacing him has done really well, too.
1: Yeah, they just they're able to recruit on that side of the ball, then they're not able to recruit on the other side, which is the actual offense where you have to put up points. So, um, yeah. even even that Clemson game, they kept it close, but that's because of the defense, not it had nothing really to do with the offense. And then even that led up in in
0: the fourth quarter. So far this year, Boston College is two and three. Their wins were over Northern Illinois on the road, which looks better because Northern Illinois beat the Cornhuskers in Nebra in Lincoln like that was pretty amazing if looking back on it I don't actually think they're that good and I think um Nebraska might stink and had a really bad game that day but nevertheless Boston College beat them and they just had what I would consider to, for them to be an impressive win against Central Michigan they won 28 to 8 and Central Michigan while not great this year they did beat Kansas and they're typically a pretty solid Mac team I I um, Is that <laughs> the, the Chippewas? Is though? that the Chippewas? Yeah, that's the Chippewas. Yeah. Oh,
1: yes. I, I always know them because of the name. It just stands out so Pretty well. Pretty
0: sure they're the team that beat Oklahoma State on the bad referee call last
1: year. That's exactly right. And, uh, yeah, people were all, all pissed off about that because of the, the bad call.
0: And so BC's losses are Wake by 24, Notre Dame by 29, and Clemson by 27. But we know that they're... In that Clemson game, they were tied seven seven going into the fourth quarter. That was by far the best thing they've done all year.
1: Well, and Notre was, Dame looks better, right? Then now yeah. they look like they're a decent team, and Wake's actually been doing well this year. So it, their losses are
0: really not that bad. No, their losses aren't bad at all. Uh, they've beaten the two teams they should beat. So is this a good Boston College team, or is it bad as as we thought it would be before the season, and as I would still say now? Well. They, like ODU, have been crushed by injuries. Connor Strahan, their best middle linebacker last year, just so good, and they just kept replacing middle linebacker over and over and over again with tons of different guys, going all the way back to Luke Keekley, He got hurt, and he was the best run-stuffing linebacker probably in the nation. And their run defense is atrocious right now. Uh They – I mean, we'll start with defense because I'm talking about them. but their run defense is 123rd. Notre Dame ran for 515 yards. Clemson ran for 342 yards. Their pass defense looks better, but, I, you know, that's because teams are just running all over. They don't need to pass, so those numbers are coming up. And the guys in their back end have looked good, and there's a lot of veterans back there, and Kareem Moore, uh, Yadam we've talked about for three years now. But the free safety has been a beast Uh, Lucas Dennis 21 solo tackles five interceptions four more pass breakups two forced fumbles he had 13 total tackles for Clemson he helped keep them in that game and we all know about Harold Landry on their defensive line who's who's getting double teamed a lot and hasn't put up the numbers this year like he was last year but that defense it's struggling and that's bad news because their offense is really bad
1: yeah, and the weird part is, is it's struggling the opposite of what I think most people expected going in. I thought that mm-hmm. their, I thought their run defense was actually going to be pretty okay this year, and that their pass defense might be a little, a little bit struggling. And it's been the opposite. That you know they've been stingy on pass defense, and and their run defense. They had the getting...
0: number one rush defense in the ACC last year, number yeah. one. And I, I really think so much. They did lose a couple guys on the line, but. Losing Strahan, um, killer, just yeah. absolutely killer.
1: I mean, that guy's yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the only, yeah, the only person that would be more valuable for them, and if they had lost, would be Landry, who's who's yeah. still healthy. If if you lost him, then you would be in in big trouble. Zach Allen, uh, defensive end, and Will Harris, just in terms of like stats, have really impressed. I didn't have them on my radar really going into this this season. Uh, and they've, they've, they've looked good. I think between them, they have like 12 run stuffs, eight tackles for a loss and an interception. And then their first and second in total tackles for the team. Uh, so they've, they've kind of come out and, and showed what they can do. But overall it's, um, and then there's, uh, I think it's Ty Schwab Uh, is his name, the linebacker for, for them. Um, yeah, he was
0: coming back. He's a guy who was on the team last year and was expected to be good this year along with Strahan at linebacker. and He's been good.
1: Yeah, but uh, overall, it's been pretty surprising. But if they don't turn around that defense um, quickly, that, that could spell trouble for the rest of the year uh, for them because, as we've seen, BC's offense is uh, abysmal. It's, it's, it's really that bad.
0: Total offense, 117th. <laughs> the SP and 124 keep in mind there's 130 teams people 128th in yards per play on offense that's 3.99 less than four yards per play and um, 116th in pass offense and 71st in rush offense perfectly balanced 159 (laughs) yards per game each that's a scott leffler offense for you that right there
1: yeah scott leffler's in uh He's in big trouble. Uh, I think it's not gonna last very long for him. I think he might have to drop down, and uh, I'm not so sure college football's you know, cut out for him. I think he's gonna have to move down to the high school level at this point.
0: Or maybe just coach a QB again. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? I said this to you over the weekend. Like, with all like, you know, we rag on Scott Leffler. He wasn't great here. Um, clearly not a great offensive coordinator, but he gave us Josh Jackson. He did. He did give us Josh Jackson. He totally redeemed himself. Okay. He gave us.
1: He gave us Josh Jackson through his Michigan, his Michigan ties. So uh, that's right. I I do appreciate that. I think Anthony Brown. I think. Um, I don't know. Do you think he's better than Patrick Towles? Who or do you think he's worse? Because I'm not actually sure, but I think he might be a little bit better but not Yeah, he could with- be
0: better. So they've got a redshirt freshman Anthony Brown playing QB. And Towles was the Kentucky transfer who came in from last year. Uh big dude, but you know, had the tools but no box. And uh Brown, we thought he was going to be a dual threat, but he's really not. He only has 75 yards on 18 attempts rushing. That's a, a yard and a half per attempt. 54% completion, 4.6 yards per attempt. I'm not sure I've ever seen a starter in FBF as with like lower yards per attempt than that. That is that is terrible, really terrible. He's got a 97 rating. That's 121st out of 127 qualified QBs. That's bad. Yeah. So it's uh, nearly last. <laughs> it's really really. The receiving
1: bad. core is not really good either. Uh, so the running game. I, John Hillman's actually a bright spot because I think he's he actually. He I think he's pretty runner. good. He's a good running back. Um, I mean, he has 87 carries, 325 yards, only two rushing touchdowns, but that's probably makes up about 150% of their total rushing touchdowns uh, for this team, or maybe overall touchdowns as well. A.J. Dillon, who's behind uh, him, has 79 for 298, so they have two guys that can run the ball okay, and that's really all I have to say about this offense is those two guys are pretty decent and they're not going to score many points this year.
0: Yeah. We talked about the loss of Stra- Strahan, and and uh, they lost two guys on their offensive line too. So that has really ruined what they wanted to do. They lost their center. I think before the season even started and they just lost their left tackle. He's questionable for our game. So he might play, and that that offensive line is the reason they've been so bad the last few years. I mean, they they've just been awful. We thought they had three starters back this year; they're going to be better. Injuries derailed that. They're giving up six and a half tackles for loss per game, which is ninetieth. Only one sack a game, which I don't know how that's possible. But they're they're not giving up the sacks, just the the tackles for loss in the backfield. That might indicate that, you know, they're running the ball quite a bit. Uh, Hillman's good. That that kid, A.J. Dillon, you mentioned, he's the X factor. He was a four-star, flip from Michigan, decided to come to B.C. He's someone down the road that could really help them if they can get a healthy, good offensive line. Because remember that guy, Andre Williams, mm-hmm. and how he was just stiff-arming our guys into the turf that one year we went to Chestnut Hill and we lost. That's the kind of player A.J. Dillon could be for them. He could be a really good running back for them, maybe not as powerful as Williams, but he could be – he could be very good. And he's he's someone we need to watch out for in this game. And this game is not about we've just thrown so many stats at you and, you know, they're not good at this. We're playing them at night in Boston. It's not – that's a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place. You know from uh, your grad school years up there how the fan base stinks during the day, but at night – they show up drunk as hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody's at Marianne's all day. And if you haven't been up to Boston and gone to Marianne's, then uh, you're missing out on life because it's a fun spot to go to. It's about the shittiest bar you've ever seen in your entire life. I think it should be shut down, quite frankly. But that's what makes it so great. It's just disgusting and just terrible, and for night games, the B.C. fans actually do show up and get all wrecked, and they show up for the night game. They've
0: pulled some crazy upsets, man, they, like, at nighttime. They had the game against USC. They've upset Notre Dame a number of times. Yeah. it's This is not, despite how bad they look on paper, this is like Syracuse last year. I mean, Chestnut Hill and the Carrier Dome, they're not so different, especially at night for B.C.,
1: yeah, exactly, and um, well, luckily, they both have the same amount of air conditioning in there, so um, it's it's not a great spot for us to be playing. I was hoping it would be a nooner. I think most of the fan base was hoping it would be a nooner. In fact, I think people made
0: plans, maybe, and... Yeah, I scheduled a housewarming party uh, that night um, with me and my girlfriend, and... Now I have to watch the game with all friends and family around. Do you think that's going to go well if it's close? That's that's really that's just fantastic. I for think me, there you know? might be I a really need that
1: right A now. few expletives <laughs> that might get thrown out there that might offend some of your to Have to watch
0: the drinking. I'll tell you that.
1: Uh, in any case, I agree with you. It's not a great spot. I think we got to go heads down, really focus on this game, get the W, and get the hell out of Chestnut Hill as fast yes. as possible.
0: Their offense is definitely bad. Probably just as bad as the last couple of years. They lost the best linebacker in the country against the run. Landry's getting more double teams and hasn't been producing. Like, everything says we're going to go up there and beat them by three touchdowns. But we know better. <laughs> we we just know better. That's right. This is a win by any means necessary game. Uh, don't worry about covering the spread or looking good because uh, it might not be pretty. If it is pretty, I, I'll feel even better about what we got for this season but don't expect it. Let's take another beer break, do keys to the game and spreads. So Pete, what are you having over there right now? I'm drinking the Jacko Traveler Pumpkin Shandy. You've probably seen this one in stores. I've seen it a lot of places. And last year, uh, my buddy Joey brought a six pack somewhere we were, and I took one sip and I was like, this thing is tasty. It's again, uh, not too syrupy, but it's sweeter than the last one. And, uh, it's a weed ale and it actually has a little bit of a twist on the pumpkin. It's brewed with lemon peel, natural flavors and pumpkin added. So it's probably more fake than some, some of the other ones, 4.4% alcohol. You know, you're getting a shandy level of alcohol on this one and it's really good. Easy drinking. Uh, your girlfriend will definitely love it. And, um, I'm enjoying it right now just cause it's a little bit of like a dessert after that Anderson Valley, which is just a, a little bit more of your straight up ale. What are you having?
1: I am having the Southern tier rum barrel aged pumpkin. So it's an Imperial pumpkin ale. It's they mixed it up though. So ready. It's an ale brewed with pumpkins and pumpkin pie spice, not just pumpkin spice. So oh, okay, they're, they're changing the label up on this. Uh, I like it. It's uh, completely different than uh, than the beer that I just had. It's a lot um, it's a lot more dessert flavored. I guess it was a little bit more sugar in there. Uh, I guess that's the whole pumpkin pie aspect of it. So it's pretty sweet. It's good. It's a you know it's a bomber bottle. So that's going to be interesting. And uh, it's like ten percent. So, um, it's probably good for me to do as a nightcap more than anything else, but it is very good.
0: Which brewery was it?
1: Uh, sorry. It's Southern tier, uh, Southern
0: brewing Southern company. Tier. I think yeah. you did say that I was just verifying. They make the, uh, obviously the initial pump King, yep. which is good. Also 10%. And I always found that one a little too sweet. The pump King. How, and that one's, you don't think that?
1: Now, well, it's it's rum barrel aged, so but that actually I think maybe adds, you know, rum, if you think about it, adds a, actually even a little bit more sweetness to it. So, it's a little too sweet for me as well. And I knew that going in, but it was sitting on the shelf and it looked it looked like it was something I wanted to try and have that might be unique for people that were listening in.
0: I have a Southern Tier Pumpkin like cold pressed coffee or something in my fridge, and uh, my sister brought that down for me. I'm gonna drink it on next week next week's pod. We did pumpkin beers this week. We said that last week we're gonna do our pumpkin beer episode, but there are so many freaking pumpkin beers, and we have our bye week next week. We figure we'll just do more pumpkin beers next week. So you're getting two weeks of pumpkin because we're also expecting a slight dip in our listenership this year and this game, I should say this week because of the Clemson loss. So next week, you know, when people are coming back, they're ready to get back into the Hokies after a BC win. They'll be hearing more about pumpkin beer. And, and there are so many that we can, uh, we can afford to do two episodes, literally like the shelves at the beer store. I went today. were just half of it was freaking pumpkin beer. It's crazy.
1: There's a ton of them. So it'll be good. We'll, we'll make sure, um, that we, uh, we do it. Well,
0: and we've had so many in the past too. Like you go through our, our our beer page on our website, and you'll see so many pumpkin beers. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy how many we've rated already, and uh, we're gonna do some more. All right, let's get into these picks. The line is sixteen and a half to number now sixteenth ranked Virginia Tech against BC. We said it's on the road, and uh, I want you to go first against this spread and we just talked about how dangerous it is but for whatever reason it's still tempting to take bt because we're such the better team really
1: yeah i'm just gonna go with bc that i think we're gonna win but i think i'm just gonna go with bc maybe we win by 10 or something like that it's probably a low scoring game um that said there are some gaps on their defense but i'm gonna go low scoring game we win by you know call it 10 or something along those lines
0: over the summer, I I said it would be a ten point game when we did our team previews. Obviously, that moved up as we were playing better and they were playing worse. But now in the spot we're at, we could easily win by four touchdowns, or this could be a three point game with a couple of minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I'm going to take BC. I'm I'm curious to how the line moves on this one this week as well, just because it's we're in a, a little bit of a weird spot and they've been playing good despite their injuries. They've only lost to very good teams, but those losses have been large. We'll see, but I'm going to take BC. Next game, Louisville at NC State. Louisville's number 17. NC State popped into the rankings at number 24. Game's at 8 p.m. down in Raleigh. Who do you got?
1: This one was tough. I think I'm going to take Louisville in that spot. It's, it's been back and forth. I don't know how to gauge what NC State is. I came in with good expectations for them this year. They have lived up to it at times, but other times they kind of you know pooped the bed, for lack of a better phrase. And I think on a night game that Louisville is going to show up and hopefully put up some some points.
0: I like NC State. I'm going to take the Wolf Pack. Uh, I think they're actually kind of good even though they lost to a bad team week one. They got South Carolina, man. South Carolina just does that to ACC teams in week one. You know, what can I say? Every time. Next game, Wake at Clemson. Wake uh, going down to Death Valley. Clemson's obviously number two still. They're still behind Alabama in the ranks. And Clemson is 21.5-point favorites. So they're getting the three touchdowns and a hook. Who do you got?
1: I'm going to go You know f- who
0: I'm taking already, so that's why I say I know you're going to
1: pick Wake, but it, it's in Death Valley, so I'm going to go with Clemson there. I, Wake's been really good this year. I and I have a, a lot of confidence in them, but seeing what Clemson just put on the fields and there's also a letdown spot that could happen here after, you know, how hyped they got for the Virginia Tech game, but I think they're that good. I think they can walk in there And, you know, Wake's coming into their town. I think they're going to put up points.
0: You could say the same thing about Wake because they just played Florida State. They were up for that game. They were playing well in that game, and they lost by seven. So I think I I did cover the spread on that pick last week by just that half point. But I'm going to take Wake, and it's not just because I just take them kind of as a joke, but, like, they have the most tackles for loss in FBS – I I don't know if many people realize that that team can play some defense and they're starting to get the offense going a little bit too. They put up, what was it? 19 points on Florida state. Florida state has a good ass defense, really good. And they were killing the Florida state quarterback. I think Wake had 17 tackles for loss against FSU. FSU has serious offensive line questions. Anyway, I'm taking Wake. next game Duke at UVA. This should be interesting. And it's a coastal game. So, of extra interest to us. UVA is two and a half point favorites and Duke's coming off that loss to Miami. Do you want me to go first?
1: Yeah. Why don't you take this one?
0: I struggle with this one. I'm going to take UVA. They could have made it a pick them and I still would probably have struggled with it. Just, you know, it's two and a half. So you're basically, you're basically doing a pick them as it is. Um, Duke did not look great against Miami, and I'm not sure if that's because Miami's really good or maybe Duke was fake good or just had a bad game. Duke's defensive line has been getting after the quarterback as well, but the way UVA went up to Boise State and beat their butt and then now they've had a week off and Duke had to have a fiscal game against Miami, I'm going to take UVA.
1: Yeah, I had that in my betting pick i had uva whooping up on boise state but i didn't on the podcast which was interesting so i, I countered myself after later the, in the
0: week you felt the opposite
1: yeah i felt exactly the opposite and i was 100 right because uva whooped their whooped their butts i'm gonna go with duke on this um i don't okay. know why but i i feel like is gonna come yeah it's <laughs> that's that, that's the only explanation anybody ever has right it's like oh it's Cutcliffe, but yeah i'm gonna go duke the only thing I know about the ACC is that I feel confident against uh, teams outside of the ACC with them. But uh, inside, it's just, it feels like every week's a pick
0: <laughs> I know. Some of these coastal games, um, it, they're hard, man.
1: The next one's not any easier.
0: And this is the old Big East matchup Pitt at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. Uh, Q's is three and a half point favorites, and Q's just played LSU and then NC State. All, both on the road, and now they're at least at home, but they've had a tough go of it. A lot of tough games for Syracuse on the schedule, and Pitts had a lot of tough games too. They had Oklahoma State, Georgia Tech, Penn State. So both of these teams are probably a little banged up. I really have no clue what to do with this spread. It is three and a half to Syracuse. I do think Syracuse is a better team. I don't know what they're going to be like after two straight weeks of playing really tough teams. Pitt at least got a reprieve. They got to play Rice last week. Why don't you go first?
1: I'm going to to Cuse. I don't know what Pitt actually has in terms of playmakers and things like that. It, it's I know what I'm getting from a Syracuse uh, offense when it's humming. I don't know what I'm going to get it from Pitt because you know, quite frankly. The playmakers, I just don't think are there this year. But, yes, you're 100% right. Both teams are banged up. They're both tired. You know, One of them had a little bit of reprieve, but it's in that vaunted carrier dome, which we all love so much. So let's go with that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Syracuse as well. They have the two leading receivers in FBS, according to catches. Cam is fourth. But number one is I think Ishmael, and two is Phillips, who are both Syracuse receivers. And as you might remember, Pitts Pasty, not good. They didn't look good against Oklahoma State, if you if you remember that. Didn't they have so, also oh,
1: have the leading wide receiver in college football last year? It, what's his name? That it, it, the I think
0: it might be one of those same guys. Yeah, or maybe no. You're right. It was a hyphenated and, name.
1: And uh, Tom. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna botch it. But yes, they I think they yes, have the light leading receiver about. in college football. So well,
0: that's because all they do is throw. Yes, so that's exactly Pitts. Right. Pitts screwed. Uh, I'm gonna take Q's, uh, Those three and a half. I mean, it could go the other way. I I don't know, but like the way that the matchup isn't good for Pitt. I don't think. Yep. Next game. This is a this is a big one. Miami going against Florida State and Tallahassee. Miami's number thirteen. Florida State remains unranked despite the big win against Wake. Miami's three-point favorites. You wouldn't have thought that going into this season, that's for sure.
1: No. Uh, I mean, a lot of people had FSU in the college football playoff that they thought, obviously, the QB injury does not help. This is this should be a great matchup, I feel like. Both, it really should be. Uh, yeah, but just because of the history, the locale, everything, I am going to go... I'm going to go with FSU, and that's probably not a great pick to have and go after. But you've liked
0: FSU this whole year. I think you've taken FSU every time we've picked.
1: Yeah, and I've probably I think I've lost every time that we've picked. Probably, <laughs> I think I've lost every time. So, uh, I do like FSU. I think Miami's talented. People are riding that train hard, and I don't know how talented they are. This is their this is their week to show up or shut up and let people know if they're for real or not for real. So I'm going to go with FSU in an emotional game where they are coming out, firing and trying to show that they're not as bad, even though they lost their QB. I
0: can't wait for the Miami is back stuff next week. I just cannot wait for it because it is coming because Miami is going to win this game. The three points I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lay the points, taking Miami, um, their D line is really good, and I just talked about how many tackles for loss that Wake had. It could not get ugly, but this is not going to go well for that freshman QB in Florida State. And I'm going to take Miami. This is a big hump for them, though, and that's that's sometimes and it's in Tallahassee. It's hard to get over those humps. We'll see if Miami can do it. If they do do it. They back, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean,
1: listen. I want Miami to win because I want them to jump up to top ten team when of we course. play them, yeah. right? So, yeah, this isn't an emotional pick. This is just who I think is going to win. I want Miami to win despite hating Miami because I want them ranked as high as possible when they uh, or when we head down there and play them.
0: Better for our strength of schedule, absolutely. Next game, and this is a quasi ACC game: Notre Dame going to Chapel Hill and playing the Tar Heels. Notre Dame's number 21, and they are getting 13 points. Uh, No, they're they're the favorites, 13-point favorites to Notre Dame. I'll go first. I like the Irish. UNC said last week they're going to be feisty later in the year. Not now. Notre Dame is going to run all over them. I'm going to take Notre Dame. Who do you got?
1: Yeah, their ranking is indicative of how many points they're going to win by. So Notre Dame's going to win by 21. So that's pretty clear.
0: There you go. UNC, like years past, before Gene Chizik decided to retire, has an awful rush defense, 113th in the nation. Notre Dame, I told you they ran for 515 against BC, which is a feat in and of itself. They have the 7th-ranked rush O in uh, in college football. So And they're getting Notre better Dame's. every week. They are getting better. Yeah, for sure. Next, and this is the last game we're going to pick outside the ACC, but in the top 25 and relevant to us. West Virginia taking on TCU in Fort Worth. West Virginia is number 23. They're banking the rankings. TCU is number eight. They upset Oklahoma State two weeks ago, and they're 13-and-a-half-point favorites against West Virginia. What do you think about that spread?
2: Uh, I think
1: that's a big spread. A really big spread for this game because TCU's defense. I get it; they're good, and I understand what they're bringing to the table. We played Will Greer; he's a good quarterback, and that offense is. I would not be putting this, and I know it's you know minus the hook, but I would not put this at a two touchdown game. I think if anything, it could go either way as like a three point game. You know, maybe a touchdown. I think this is going to be close. And this one will be emotional for me because I do just want West Virginia to win So um, to help us out. So I'm just going to pick WVU. I haven't watched a lot of TCU because all their games are on, on godly times of day or night and there's other stuff I want to watch. So I'm not following them that closely. So I'm just going to go with an emotional pick on WVU.
0: Yeah, I'm taking WVU as well. They're getting no love uh, because... They've played just trash since they played us. They played Delaware State, ECU, and Kansas. And you're not impressing anyone if you blow out those teams. And they were up so much in all of those games. And the other teams were able to score some points and make the scores look better. I think they're giving TCU too many points. I think West Virginia, that quirky defense, that could screw up Kenny Hill. (laughs) and He's been good this year. He has been... Uh, do, seem to have developed quite a bit from his Texas A&M days but uh, that that game, it's not going to be easy for West Virginia to win like you. I hope they do because it just benefits us. Yeah, and how I'm many more
1: times is Penny again. Hill going to transfer? How many schools have you been at? Like three? <laughs> like Texas A&M like quarterbacks I think have collectively been at like 15 schools. I think
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what's making you think he's been more places cuz there's literally like so many of them have just decided to transfer over and over and over.
1: Yeah, in and out. So it's amazing.
0: What's crazy about Texas A&M to without that loss to UCLA, they'd be 5 and 0 going into this Bama game. Really? And they could should have yes, they should have won that game against UCLA. I mean, they they blew it lead. that's why I say they should have won. Uh, but yeah, the, the, I think that's this weekend, right? Texas a and Bama. Yeah, another team Bama doesn't like. So, what do you think they're going to do to them? Yeah,
1: they're going to put up sixty-five points, and then you know, Saban's going to go out for a cup of coffee and come back, and then score another thirteen points just for like the heck of it. And one of them is going to be a safety just to like kind of mix things up a little bit.
0: What they've done the last couple of weeks is ridiculous, Alabama, like they just they they wanted to make a statement versus Vanderbilt. It got ugly. They wanted to make a statement against the team they don't like in Ole Miss. First play wasn't wasn't good for them. And now they're playing Texas AM, a team that also like had their number slightly, you know, you never really have Alabama's n- number, but you know what I'm talking about. That's not gonna go well. Alabama's twenty six point favorites in that one.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and that's probably not nearly enough for what's actually <laughs> happening.
0: And it is in College Station. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is true. So maybe they keep it within three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, Saban is he is on
1: he is on the path and uh, to going back. He wants to take on Clemson.
0: He wants he wants Clemson. Yeah, the three times in a row. Are we ready for that this year? Because it's certainly starting to look that way. I have one other team who I think is on that level. Who do you think it is?
1: One other team, Georgia.
0: Yep. Yeah, I would figure. I mean, much. Kirby Smart, he's got a defense, man. Yeah. Look at what they did to Notre Dame. Yeah. And Notre Dame's good.
1: Yeah, they they're destroying teams right now in a way that they've gotten back to old school Georgia football, which is nice to see. And um, I actually like Georgia. I think they're a good team, solid on program. I'd love to go to a now game. Now you there. like them. What you didn't
0: that? like them earlier. What do you mean? You didn't like them earlier in the year. You picked against them every week.
1: No, I meant like them in terms of like like the program, not yeah, yeah, in yeah. terms of like whether of they think wrong, they're obviously. good or not. <laughs> so I actually I don't think I don't hate their fan base despite them being an SEC fan base. I think that it's uh, a good program. I don't in terms of liking them, you know, whether they're good or not. Yeah, I I wasn't high on them, and they've turned out to be awesome. So you know, we'll see. We should what have happens.
0: known from week one. I, but like you know how good of a program Appalachian State is historically. Like they, and even when they moved up to FBS, like they've they've been very good. They played Tennessee really tough last year. Georgia blanked them thirty-one nothing week one. We should have known right then. Like this team might be pretty good. Yeah, and because look how close Appalachian State. Nearly beat Wake, who has been a very solid team this year. So that Georgia team, they're good. There's they're two good. other teams I, I, think, I
1: would keep on your radar, and that being Washington, because nobody likes yeah, to talk definitely. about Washington. And they just sit up there in Washington, and they don't, they don't bring any Chris news. Peterson. They don't talk. They don't say anything. And I also think Washington State's pretty good. Uh, I think that'll be fun for the, what is it? The apple cup that they play apple cup at the end of the year. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be a blast of a game between those two programs. So I think that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, that should be cool. I hope they both stay undefeated all the way through the year for that. But even if they don't, that'll be, that'll be a good game. As for our game, as long as we just focus on the run yet again, they're not going to be able to pass on us and we should be able to win somewhat easily. Much easier said than done in the environment, as we've already addressed.
1: My thoughts on the game are I want to see Josh Jackson come back out and show confidence, throw the ball down the fields, throw deep, you know, shake off. I I, I don't feel like going away from Sly on the kicking game was the best move for a kicker, right? Sometimes you got to just break through. Unless you have another kicker on the freaking staff, or, like, that we can put in there, you got to help him just get rid of the yips. And I don't think that that was the best move. So now, similarly, with our quarterback, I think we need to put him back out there, have him throw the ball downfield, get his confidence back up, help him quickly shake off what just happened, um, because he lost to a really good team. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about that. It was just, you know, a, a, a good team. And he's young and he's developing.
0: I would love to see Fuente take some chances early in this game. Like, uh, uncharacteristically, take some crazy chances early in this game because there's one offense you can do that against. It's BC's. Because they, in reality, should not score. Like, they're, we could hold this team to a shutout. That's how bad the offense is. We likely won't. But if they exceed 10 points, I will be shocked. We're now, what?
1: three, four games in a row that we've kind of started a little bit slow. And I think we need Mm -hmm. to come out and get rid of that stigma, even if it is just a mental block, because now I'm starting to get a little bit worried because we see it once again.
0: I'll say this one last positive note before we sign off. And that's at the battle at Bristol, a game in which we did not execute it at all. Well, didn't play up to our potential lost to a good team in a big spot. We just did that. The week after Battle of Bristol, we played Boston College. We beat them 49 to nothing, beat them into the turf. That's exactly what we need to do this week. That's why I feel we might crush them, but I'm not confident enough to just take that against the spread cuz it's it's on the road as opposed to last year being at home. But it's a very similar spot, very very similar. And that'll do it hit us on twitter at 2dvt the website 2dvt.com robbie have you got that updated or will that be updated tomorrow
1: yeah tomorrow i'm gonna update all the stats i finished uh josh jackson uh through 45 passes in this game so it took me about three hours to update all the passing stats so that <laughs> that took a little while but yes i'll have everything updated tomorrow
0: perfect Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, write us a review. And we really appreciated all the comments and people we saw in uh, Blacksburg that came up and said we love the podcast because we did hear from a lot of people. And on Friday night... Uh, We were trying to meet people and it didn't always work and we were kind of completely hammered. So if you came up to us and tried to talk to us and you didn't see us or whatever, we missed you. We're sorry for the people we did talk to. We really appreciate all the kind words.
1: Yeah. And I second that. And that's a good call. Like there were people, Hokie House, I met a couple guys that listened to the podcast Overall, that's why we do this is because we like you know we love giving out content and talking about games with the fans. So thanks so much for the kind words following us. If you watch the Facebook live, I hope you enjoyed it. We had a blast this weekend, and you know we'll keep going we'll keep doing it
0: and shout out to our late night guests, Billy Berlin, his brother Andrew Berlin, and uh his wife, Sarah Berlin. They were all so kind. There were two other girls that hung out with us. I cannot remember the names because I was 12 hours into drinking and I feel really bad. The Berlin family was great. Your friends were also great. Tell them I said so. That'll do it. And hopefully we get this win versus BC. This week, go into the bye week strong. We'll bring more pumpkin beers back next week. And until next time, go Hokies.